How awesome is it to be part of a church that's so focused not just inwardly but outwardly on how we can bless other people in our community. I just love it. As Sal said, my name is Bridie and I am 22 years old. I will take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I'm so excited to be here with you bringing um, the word today and it's always such a great privilege. Now, what if I told you that this morning you will have the opportunity to implement something in your life that studies have shown can reduce anxiety, can reduce stress, can reduce your blood pressure, and ultimately can lead to a longer life. Now, it doesn't stop there, it gets even better. You don't have to go on a diet and you don't have to exercise to do this. Anyone excited? <laughs> I don't even throw in a free set of steak knives. It might surprise you though to hear that uh, all these things that the study was focused on came as a result of forgiveness. People who lived a life of forgiveness. You know, you've probably heard the saying that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. It's so true that when we hold unforgiveness, we are the ones that ultimately pay the price. You know, I recently heard a book title that I loved and it was, the book was called, Do Yourself a Favour and Forgive. And I loved it because often we think when we forgive that we're actually doing the perpetrator a favour. But it's so true that when we forgive, we are the ones that are actually released from that. We are set free. And so this morning, we're gonna um, spend some time looking at Matthew 18, where Jesus speaks with his disciples and he's teaching them. And Peter comes to him and he says, Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sin against me? Up to seven times? Now you need to understand when we're reading this that at the time rabbis taught that you really only had to forgive three times. Three strikes and they're out. The fourth time you can go ghetto on them. I think that sounds kind of fair. Like three times, is, I give my kids a count to three, like three chances. And that was what was understood. And so Peter here is thinking that he's like going above and beyond. Like how many times should we forgive Jesus? Like look at me, seven times? The perfect number of completion, thinking he's looking pretty great. But Jesus answered and he said, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. You see, Jesus is not saying that we have to give 490 times. I did the maths for you for those trying to work it out in your heads. He's not saying that we have to forgive 490 times and on the 491st, you can go and key their car or egg their house. Some of you giggled like you did that, maybe when you were a bit younger. <laughs> He's actually saying that our forgiveness needs to be limitless. But is that really fair? Like what if they haven't changed? What if they're not really sorry? Do they really deserve that? It's limitless as his forgiveness for us 
is limitless. You know, as Jesus often did, he went on to explain the concept of what he was saying using a parable or a story to illustrate it. And he said, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he, be, all that he had be sold to repay the debt. You see, this servant was likely to be a wealthy official in his own right, maybe a governor or something like that. And he was entrusted with this king's money. And so the king goes to see how people have been managing his money and finds that this guy's investment or however he's been managing it has gone extremely wrong. He's really stuffed it up. You know, 10,000 talents, there's a bit of a variance, but a lot of theologians and historians say that it was probably somewhere between the value of today's market of 12 million to a billion dollars. It was around 200,000 years worth of work for the average worker. And so you see that this was an unpayable debt for this man. It wasn't that he wouldn't pay it, it was that he couldn't. Verse 26, it says, At this the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything, which he clearly could not. Yet the servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. You see, I think sometimes some of us can be like this servant. We can think if we just have a bit more time, we can make ourselves good enough for God to love us. But how incredible was this king? He didn't just say, oh, okay, look, I won't make you a slave to, you know, justify to be, but you can go and work. If you work, or well, you've probably got another 40 years of life left. If you work every day, you'll repay me this much. He didn't say that. He canceled the debt at his own expense. And you know, it's the same as what King Jesus has done for us. He's canceled our debt. He canceled our debt by giving his life as payment for everything that we have ever done wrong, for every bit of sin, for every bit of selfishness that we've ever done or that we will ever do. You know, he hung on the cross and died a criminal's death with nails through his hands and his feet for our forgiveness so that we could be set free so that we could come to God and be loved exactly as we are, with no barriers between us. You know, you would think having experienced this immense mercy, that this servant would have gone and found all his friends and being like, guys, you would not believe what happened today. I got let off the most amazing thing. Let's go out and celebrate my shout. If you owe me anything, it's off the table, forget about it. But instead, it says the servant went out. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, maybe a hundred days work, really not much. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. 
pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. The exact same scene we've just seen of the servant with the king. But it says, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. You see, despite having been forgiven millions of dollars, possibly a billion dollars, he goes out and wants his friend, this guy, to repay him a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand dollars. Nothing in comparison. Doesn't that sound outrageous to you? It sounds so unbelievably unfair. Like I read this and I'm like, mate, you are an idiot. And then I stop and I think about it for a little bit. And I realize that at times, I'm actually a lot more like this servant than I care to admit. You know, so often we want justice for others. We want them to get what they deserve when all we've been shown is mercy. The parable finishes with the king's anger for the unforgiving servant for failing to show mercy, even after receiving mercy. And because the king, um, because of this, the king had the unforgiving servant thrown into jail until he could pay back all that he owed. You see, it's basically illustrating, and other scriptures support this, that the measure that we forgive others is the measure that we ourselves will be forgiven. It's quite a challenging thought, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, but I require God's forgiveness on the daily. Emphasizing the point of this parable, Colossians tells us, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It doesn't say forgive if what happened to you wasn't that bad or forgive if they deserve it or forgive if they apologized or suddenly became nice. No, it says forgive as the Lord forgave you. You see, in Scripture, and we see it throughout the Bible, there's this inseparable link that our reason for forgiving is not found in the other person. Our reason for forgiving is found in what Jesus has already done for us. You've been freely forgiven, so now you freely forgive. It's not forgive and forget. It's forgive and focus. Don't focus on their sin. Focus on the cross. Because we might think that our forgiveness is gonna be costly, but when we think about what Jesus had to give for us to be forgiven, suddenly doesn't seem so costly anymore. You know, as a kid, um, I never actually saw my parents argue in front of me. They were really involved in church. I was actually homeschooled, so my mum was my entire world. And then at the age of eight, um, it seemed like a really ordinary day, but our pastors rang and asked us to come over to their house. 
and we sat down with my dad and they explained to us that my mom had left with a younger guy and wasn't coming back. Now to say my entire world was flipped on its head and the rug was pulled out from under me was an understatement. And you know, as the years went on, um, there was further decisions that I guess um, exacerbated that feeling of unforgiveness and of me feeling like I needed to be the mum despite being the kid. And you know, it really, it it just grew that unforgiveness in my heart. And then in my late teens, um, I was, it was an incredible blessing that mum came back to a solid relationship with God and she was restored to the person that she was created to be. But you know, there was all these walls up in my heart because of the hurt over so many years. And so whilst I thought I'd forgiven and, and, and I probably had to a degree, Each time something came up where, you know, I felt like that I was having to step up or that um, if if I felt she wasn't being entirely responsible, it was like it triggered that thing in me and that that unforgiveness raised its ugly head again. I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be like we snap the plant of unforgiveness off at the base, but the roots are still there if we don't allow God to come in and to really deal with it and to really bring healing, then our flesh wants to bring us back to that place. You know, for some of us, today is about learning to be quick daily forgivers. You know, to be people who assume the best, who seek clarity when there's a misunderstanding, forgiving little things before big things get big. It might be the person who cut you off on the way to church in the car this morning and you wanted to give them a lovely hand gesture. Or it might be your husband you're in the car with. Does anyone find you're in the car with your husband on the way to church and you might have an argument and you're both like, and then you get out of the car at church and you're like, oh, God bless you, isn't it a wonderful day? Just me? (laughs) All right, won't uh, bring that illustration up again. Um, But you know, for others of you, today is about really deep, deep hurt and unforgiveness that's from events that were really painful and potentially devastating. You may even feel that they changed the course of your whole life. And you know, it's especially hard when it's people that we trusted. You know, some of you might carry unforgiveness because someone lied to you, or maybe they lied about you. Maybe someone betrayed you. Perhaps it's a business partner who caused you to lose money. Maybe even someone who physically, emotionally, or sexually abused you. Might be a partner who cheated or walked out on you. Maybe your parents let you down. Maybe church leadership who disappointed you. Or a relative that causes conflict. You know, Christmas time's coming up. (laughs) What better time to forgive? You know, sometimes we can be so, un- so familiar with this unforgiveness that we don't even recognize it for what it is anymore. 
You know, it might be when you hear about them or see them, you just get this knot in your stomach. Or when you see great things that's happening in their lives on social media, you like roll your eyes and you're not actually that happy for them. You know, it can be anger in our lives that has built up. These can all be symptoms of a root of unforgiveness in our hearts. And here's the thing. If we don't heal what hurt us, then we bleed on people who didn't cut us. If you don't allow God to bring healing to that hurt, It affects other relationships in your life. It might be that you're controlling in relationships or that you reject people before they can reject you. But it can sabotage our current and future relationships. You know, if we're gonna talk about what forgiveness is, we really should address a few things that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness does not feel easy. It is not fair. It is not natural. It is hard. And it takes faith to forgive. Forgiveness is not saying that what they did was okay. It's not saying that you need to forget what happened. It's not even saying that you need to be reconciled to that person. It doesn't negate legal or um, practical consequences. But the thing is, you can still need to rebuild trust or it may not even be appropriate for you to have relationship with that person. But the thing is, is that when you have boundaries after forgiveness, it's out of a Holy Spirit love and wisdom that you prayerfully consider rather than out of a place of hurt vengeance. Because forgiveness doesn't void justice, it actually releases it to God. In 1 Corinthians 5, 5 says, Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time, but wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of their heart. You see, there is nothing that is not seen by God. Even if what happened to you was done in secret and there was manipulation and it's been hidden away, God knows, God saw it, and you can trust that he is a God of grace, but he is also a God of justice. You see, the thing is, is that every wrong will actually be paid for. Either people come to Jesus and repent and are forgiven, and therefore it's paid for through what Jesus did on the cross. Or otherwise for the unbeliever who doesn't come and repent, one day they stand before Jesus and they give account for their life. This morning, you can release your responsibility and the weight that you carry of trying to prove them wrong and you can release that to God. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything that you do flows from it. You see, unforgiveness is one of those things that we need to guard against. Our hearts are meant to remain pure. They're meant to be like when you go and sit next to this pure, beautiful stream. 
But if we're not careful, unforgiveness is one of those things that can cause blockages in our heart, can block the flow of the Spirit through us. It can cause what flows out of us to become polluted. I don't know about you, but I don't want to represent the Yarra River, that dirty, upside down, (laughs) contaminated thing. You know, Craig Rochelle says, forgiveness doesn't just flow to us, it flows through us. Forgiveness doesn't just flow to us, it flows through us. So this morning I want to ask you, how's your flow? See, the call of God on your life is too great to allow what someone else may have done to you or someone else may have said about you to limit what He can do through you. Forgiveness may seem uncomfortable, but it's not as painful as staying stuck somewhere that you don't belong. You know, whilst working for a Christian organisation some years ago, quite a while ago now, um, I had a new boss who came on. And it was a challenging situation. Um, Some of his character and the way he conducted himself wasn't great, to say the least. Um, He he personally ridiculed me. He spent the organisation's money in a way that I didn't think was responsible. He um, didn't really do his role, so I ended up picking up a lot of it that wasn't, you know, acknowledged or recognised. And I would sit in meetings and listen to him flat out lie to his oversight. And you know, I would like to say that I responded very graciously and forgivingly, but I didn't. The reality is that I was like, mate, you are a joke. And the way I acted towards him was, um, let's just say, not great, but I felt justified in doing so. It actually got to the point where we had to have mediation with us working together um, for both of us. And he said to me, you know what? If we can't work this out, one of us is gonna go and it's not gonna be me. And I went to God and I was like, God, are you seeing this? Are you seeing all this lying? Are you seeing everything that's going on? This is a joke. And you know what I felt God say to me? When you stand before me accountable for your life, He's not going to be standing next to you for you to point the finger at him and be like, yeah, but my unforgiveness was because he did this, 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 and this. God was like, it's actually about you. You're responsible for your heart. You're responsible for your forgiveness and for the way you treat others. And I was like, well, God, okay, but I don't even know how to change my attitude towards him to tell you the truth. I don't even, I don't know if it's possible, but you know what? I surrender it to you and God, I ask you to come and change my heart. And can I tell you from that day forward, God supernaturally changed my heart for this guy. He hadn't changed the way he was acting. But God enabled me to show love and respect and grace and to forgive him. You know, that 70 times seven forgiveness, that continual forgiveness And it wasn't in my strength, it was in his. I'm usually a pretty outspoken person. My husband's on the front row nodding. (laughs) We'll just keep that quiet. We won't go any further into that. But, um, you know, on this one, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to remain quiet and to honour him. 
And it's funny how God has a way of bringing things about. You know, it all actually came out into the open. And he ended up um, being asked to resign from his role and and finishing up with the organisation because some of the things that weren't right. But do you know what? There is no credit to me in this. It is absolutely 100% God because I couldn't have done this. God changed my heart to such an extent that a few months later when he was in his new job, he rang me and asked me if I would come and work for him. (laughs) I politely declined. But you know, I learned that we can't always control what happens to us, but we can, res- we can control the way we respond to it. We are responsible for our forgiveness and for the way that we respond. The beautiful thing is that we don't have to forgive in our own strength. As the Bible tells us, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You know, if God calls us to do the seemingly impossible, he will empower us, he will empower you through his Holy Spirit to be able to do it. Matthew 5.44, Jesus teaches, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's incredible when we start to pray for people that it gives us faith to truly forgive them, but it can also actually change our hearts towards them. You know, no matter how bad that person is, God doesn't like their behaviour, but He still loves them. And when we pray for them, it can start to change our hearts towards them. We can start having greater understanding and empathy and compassion for the people that hurt us as we see the brokenness in them and see them through God's eyes. You know, God can turn our bleeding wounds into scars that are our greatest ministry if we'll allow him to come close enough to bring healing. You see, the question this morning is not how much forgiveness do they deserve, but it's how much freedom do you desire? You know, we can't change what happened in the past, but this morning we can draw a line in the sand and we can decide that our past is no longer gonna determine our future in Jesus' name. You know, as you choose to forgive today, I believe that Jesus is gonna meet you at that point and he's gonna give you the faith that you need to forgive. I believe that today is gonna be a day of healing and a day of freedom for many of you. And you know, there's three areas of forgiveness that I want you to consider today. Forgiving God, forgiving yourself, and forgiving others. And so as we come to a close, you know, I just wanna speak about those three areas just for one moment. You know, forgiving God, I just wanna clarify that because we can't actually forgive God. God doesn't sin, so there's nothing to actually forgive. But over the journey of life, how many of us know that we can feel hurt and disappointed and not understand some of the things that happen in life? You know, maybe it's you're hoping for a baby or hoping for a spouse 
or physical healing and you haven't seen it yet and you're like, God, you're so disappointed and hurt with him and you've become a little bit untrusting. Or maybe it's something someone did to you and you're like, God, how could you allow that? You know, we blame him for the sins of men and you question, does he really love me? You know, I wanna tell you this morning that he absolutely does and that you can choose to trust him again. He is with you in the midst of this. You know, the second one was yourself. Some of you sitting here right now, there's something that you did that you just can't let go of. You live with constant regret. Might be something you did last night and it might be something you did 20 years ago. I don't know what you did, but God does. And He still thinks that you are worthy of His forgiveness. If it was only for you, He still would have died on the cross so you could have been forgiven. So I wanna encourage you today, take it to the one who died for it, confess it, turn from it and let it go. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you and His power is made perfect in your weakness. You know, for others today, as we've talked about already, you need to forgive others. Forgiveness is letting go. It's choosing to let go. And you know, maybe some of you need in this process this morning, you know, as a step of faith, you're gonna let it go, you're gonna release it to God. And then maybe you need to get counselling or prayer to help process and to really get those roots out. But you know what, I would challenge you this morning to commit to praying for that person that wronged you, or maybe they still are, maybe it's a current situation. I challenge you to commit to praying for them for 30 days every day, and you wait and see what God does with your situation. You know, we're gonna take a few moments now to ask God to reveal to us if there's any areas of unforgiveness in our hearts towards God, towards ourself or towards others. So can you just close your eyes for a moment and just allow the Holy Spirit to search you. Allow Him to speak. God's speaking to you and you know that there's an area of unforgiveness in your life in one of those three areas. Can I just, no one's looking around, everyone's eyes are closed. Can I just ask you just to lift up your hand just to say, yep, that's me and today I'm choosing to let it go. Today I'm choosing to let go of that unforgiveness. Awesome, there's so many people. So many people. 
You know, because I believe that today is such a significant day for so many of you, it's a line in the sand in your freedom and your healing. I'm gonna ask you to do something really bold because I want it to be a significant step, a step of I'm leaving that behind, I'm letting it go, I'm leaving it behind and I'm bringing it to the foot of the cross and laying it down. And so I'm gonna ask, If that's you, if God's spoken to your heart, even if you didn't put your hand up, you know that there's something that you need to let go of, whether it's big or it's small today. Maybe it's even with your spouse in an ongoing situation. I'm gonna actually ask you to come to the front. We're gonna stand in just a moment. You can stand right now, actually. Why don't we stand up right now? And the worship team are gonna lead us. And I'm gonna ask you to come and to actually physically get out of your seat. Don't worry about the person next to you as they lead us to come out the front and we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray over you. We're gonna believe that the power of that unforgiveness is broken over your life. And we're gonna see God do incredible things and freedom and healing come to you today. So as the team start to lead us, why don't you just come, hop out of your seats. There was a lot of people, so you're not gonna be on your own. But can I just say that you know, it takes that step of boldness of I'm leaving this behind. God, I really mean this today. I'm leaving it behind. So if that was you, come on, have that boldness, have that faith because God's gonna meet you at that point. Hop out of your seat and come forward today because there's a lot of other people that are gonna be out here with you as God does a work in your life. Come on, why don't we sing as these guys are coming forward?